Hey there, I'm Sophie Dalton, life and business coach and head soulful warrior on a mission to help ambitious souls like yourself live a life more connected to their truth. In today's world, it's easy to to see so many people suffering from frustration, dissatisfaction, addiction, anxiety, depression, plateaued success, and just generally feeling out of place in their lives. It's my mission to show that these are all symptoms leading back to one cause, the degree to which people are living their truth. In this podcast, we go deep with industry experts, millionaires, wellness warriors, and my own personal stories to mine the truths that help us all live a powerfully soulful life. I hope you enjoy the episode and don't forget to give us a review, share it with your best friends, workplace or clients so that we can all heal together and remember who we are. So much love to you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Hannah Hermanson, welcome to the Soulful Warrior Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, you guys. Hannah Her- Hannah was my first business coach. She is the founder of Dream Life is Real Life. She's a high-ticket business coach that helps entrepreneurs craft their high-ticket offers. So Hannah, can you tell us more about your brand and what led you to where you are today? Oh, yes. Hello, everyone. I love that question. You know, what led you to where you are today? And, you know, if you had told me, and this is super cliche to say, but I'm totally like the accidental entrepreneur. Like I didn't grow up like selling lemonade or even like trading like baseball cards. I was very much like on the straight and narrow doing my homework, um, you know, becoming class president, leading the key club, like very cliche. Um, goody two shoes, I would say, for 25 years of my life. And that led me to a career that was extremely unfulfilling, but was supposed to be the right thing. I was an academic advisor and I loved parts of it, but I knew I couldn't last there forever. And I knew I wasn't really living up to my potential, but I had no idea what else was out there, right? Like entrepreneurship was like a foreign word. It's still really hard for me to spell right? (laughs) And so as I was working full time, I started dabbling in yoga and I got really into it. And I'm a kind of all or nothing person. So of course I became a yoga teacher. And then I started teaching classes right away. And I started a network marketing business and I was invited to join a startup. And that, you know, the network marketing, yoga teaching, and the startup all happening in the same season of my life really opened my eyes to a new way of thinking about my time my energy and money. And as the stars would have it, the startup in Wisconsin took me on full time. So that was my like permission slip to leave my full time career and take that leap of faith into something that wasn't traditional, that wasn't guaranteed. And it definitely wasn't guaranteed because five weeks after they took me on full time, shipped me to San Francisco, they told me, oh, we actually can't afford to keep you on. The board didn't approve your position. And so it was do or cry, right? (laughs) I wasn't going to die, but I could have just, you know, cried and stayed, you know, maybe moved back to Wisconsin. You know, I was in San Francisco and I said, I'm going to give myself one year to figure this out. I've had tastes of pursuing my passion. I'm not ready to go back to the cubicle. I've learned a lot about wellness and coaching and even some business development. So how about I just figure this out? 
But that figuring out, you know, as Sophie and probably lots of people can attest to, it isn't cut and dry or super fast or simple. And so that was about three years ago. And now my business has evolved to helping other female entrepreneurs figure out what is that thing uh, at that sweet spot of the three circles. So what do you love to do? What do people need and will pay you for? And what are you good at? And finding that piece in the center that you can build a business around. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, like, when people come to you, what stage are they at? Do they know that they need a high ticket program? Good question. So some do and some don't. Some people come to me and they're like, hey, I totally understand the power of high investment. You know, the more that people expend in a monetary energy, the more that they will receive back in my programs. And then there's other people who are like selling courses or $47 workbooks or things for a lower ticket that are like, this can't be all there is. I'm hustling to sell 200 eBooks a month and it's just not working. Um, So there's a combination. And I would say the commonality among all the people that come to me, they know they're worth more or they deserve more than where they currently are. So you're not doing the confidence work underneath that to, to show them that they are, but they've already arrived to that spot. Yeah, I think there's some level of confidence. The truth of the matter is, though, that imposter syndrome and doubt only grow as you grow. The voices change and the obstacles just look different, but all of us every day are kind of, you know, building our confidence, getting better at uh, selling our services, getting better at commanding our prices. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely confidence work that goes into my coaching. Mm. So tell us about, you know, you've you've touched on the the time and money, having both of them became important for you. Um, So give us the how of of how you not only leverage time and money with your high ticket offer, but also in not being online all the time. Like you are not, you don't seem to be an organic marketing person. Like you're not attached to your computer. So how did you make that work for you? Yeah, well, I definitely was at the beginning, you know, I was on the DM, you know, bootstrapping and getting into conversation with people, but I quickly realized that in order to have the business that I desired, which had people coming to me and people being ready to get started, is that I needed to elevate my expertise and be seen as a leader and someone that was a point person as opposed to someone who, yeah, was doing more of the like organic outreach. I don't know if people like cold calling. I don't know if we call it that anymore. I think it's like cold DMing or prospecting. And there's totally a place and time for those things specifically in the market research stage of what I teach. Um, But in order, like you said, in order for me to have the lifestyle, I'm definitely a lifestyle entrepreneur. You know, I'm much more interested in the contributions I can make and the energies I can give people as opposed to like the cars or the yacht or the, you know, whatever. And so there's a few key things that I think anyone who wants to leverage their time and energy more effectively as an entrepreneur needs to think about. And the first thing is having a value ladder. And so, yeah, high ticket is a huge piece of what you do. And that's going to be what really drives your bottom line to help you go full time into your business more quickly. But if you don't have other ways for people to work with you or to compensate you, you're definitely leaving money on the table. So I would encourage you to start with a high ticket offer and then start to see, you know, where the, what are the um, objectives? 
objections I'm getting? Is it that it's too much of a commitment financially? Is it too much time commitment? Is it not in their local area? And start to identify other things you can offer, whether that's in-person workshops or a book or a course or a mastermind group. There's lots of ways to diversify. Um, again, that will, won't require because if one person says no to your high ticket offer, that's not a no to everything. So you don't have to constantly be prospecting new people. Another piece I mentioned is establishing some authority in your space. So building social proof, getting featured in media, which is a lot easier than it sounds like. You know, I used to think getting featured in media, like is the news going to come over and interview me after I like discover cancer? Like how do I use media? And today with getting guest features and publications or being interviewed on wonderful podcasts like this one, you can really leverage um, other people's platforms to get your word out and to have people coming to you. And then um, the third piece is to have systems in place. And that's a massive way that I'm able to, yeah, like you said, social media and I are working, we're colleagues, okay? We're not sleeping together and spending all of our time together. Um, and so having systems in place, whether that's, for me, that's a lot of things. And I think your list could definitely benefit from scheduling your content, right? Batch creating. So you're not just sitting around every day like, what should I talk about? Should I go live? No. Like have a content plan because that will take up a lot of your time on the computer. Um, be willing to delegate things that aren't your zone of genius. So even if this means getting like a VA or a college intern or someone to do administrat administrative things or tech things or those things that just take up way too much of your time and aren't your craft. Because I'm assuming most people listening to this signed up for their business because they wanted to change the world. They wanted to help people. They wanted to be in their zone of genius. They didn't want to become a hashtag master or a web developer or an email marketer. And so if you're willing to, you know, I always say, act as if you're at the level you want to be. And let me tell you, a million dollar, six figure coaches, they are not hashtagging every single thing you see, right? They have a team helping them. So like I said, you know, I had one of my, as an academic advisor, my first assistant was a former college student that was just like excited to learn about what I did. And um, she got to learn my content and it's in exchange. So it's not always like you have to have this robust and mighty team, but start to think about the things that need to be off your plate so you can focus on becoming better at the service you provide and the art that you create. Mm. So for the people who are totally down with what you're saying, they're like, yes, I want to show up as the leader, but they're just coming up against how do I actually, you know, like, okay, I get the energy, I get all that stuff, but like literally how am, do I get my first, you know, say $10,000 in the door so that I can, I don't know, so that I can really get the ball rolling. Well, if we're talking about your first $10,000 in the door, that goes back to organic outreach and starting conversations because it's not like you just show up one day and you're like, I know exactly how to speak to my ideal client and everything that they're going to need in a 10 week program. And here I am, you know, those are the programs that fall flat. And so your first 10K in the door, it needs to come from real conversations, whether that's showing up to relevant networking events, that's being active in Facebook groups that have your people in it and offering value in those organic places um, and following up with the people who engage 
engage in content that you that is related to your topic. So my first $10,000 came from using Facebook groups. I actually didn't know Facebook groups were like a marketing tool. I was just like lonely in San Francisco by myself. And so I started putting out inspiring content and things I was thinking about. And it naturally attracted folks that wanted to have the same conversations. And I was able to continue that through, you know, post something, go to DM, get them on a phone call, and let's talk about, you know, what you actually need to invest in to solve this problem that you're having. Uh, but today, Facebook groups are a bit different. Land Landscape, right? There's thousands of new ones being created every single day and it's noisy out there. So my encouragement would be to go back to the business tools that we know worked, right? We're very caught up right now in this whole like digital age. And like you said, social media is not my like bread and butter, right? But being in the relationship building business and making real connections with people that you believe you can help is really what's going to drive that bottom line way more than hashtagging and newslettering and making webinars for your first few clients. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I just noticed a difference in where I was spending my time, spending my time doing things that were like business activities versus having conversations and then actually asking people for the sale. Yeah, because it's not as sexy, right? Like, oh, like, let me create a content calendar and pitch podcasts and do all of these sexy things. And that will come. But right, your question is, where does my first take on? 10k come from and that's other real people <laughs> who you can help um and there's another just to really drive this home um jack canfield is one of my mentors and he talks about the rule of five so let's just pretend your goal is to knock down a tree if you go down every single morning and you whack at that tree five times over time it will eventually fall over right mm -hmm. if you've hit a tree with a i don't even know tools what a is that? Spoon. A spoon. <laughs> anything. Yes. Anything. Okay. A twig. Okay. If you hit it repeatedly five times a day, it will fall down. And the same thing is true for getting people in the door, right? So my, um, my secret, the first few months in business was reaching out to five to 25 people a day, no attachment to the outcome, just knowing that being in strategic activity, reaching out to real people who I wanted to work with would eventually lead to the result I wanted, the tree falling down, the money in the bank, the business started. So mm. apply that rule of five to whatever goal you're chasing listeners. <laughs> I love that. And then one, one other, like a detail facet of being the person that you want to be and, and having standards for yourself, um, comes with identifying who it is that you want to work with and not just like when we are talking about that first 10k, not being available for anybody paying you like, $200 a month or whatever. So how did you act out of um, black mindset and not just, and really like stake your claim as this leader, even when you were hurting for money in San Francisco? Yeah, it's so real. So what I learned quickly in my entrepreneurial journey, which I'm so grateful for, is that um, this sort of energetic exchange, right? And I even saw myself right? If I was paying for a $200 course, it just sat on my desktop and I forgot who I got it from. Or, you know, same thing. If you get a $5 t-shirt from Target, it's like, meh, who cares if I use it or if I lose it. But I realized that as people, when people invest, they get so much more out of it, right? And so a few hacks or mindset shifts that I want to invite listeners to think about after listening to this is if you give people a Band-Aid, a $5 t-shirt, 
you're not helping them. Nothing is going to change in their life. And when you can understand so clearly and so des like, you know, urgently the problems that your ideal clients have, you will realize you can't just fix it for free. You can't just give them a Band-Aid. You need to go in and give them surgery. And it's going to be a commitment and an investment on both ends. So the very first offer I created coming out of my own life experience and um, just knowing my ideal client was going to be a former version of myself was actually women with eating disorders. It's a massive part of my story we didn't really talk about here, but I knew what it was like to be in that. And I added up all of the money I spent on therapy and gym memberships and books and self-help workshops and the time I invested in feeling alone and not knowing who to talk to and the pain I caused my parents because they were so worried about my blood sugar and if I was going to be well enough to complete college. Like I added up the value that I had gained in going through that experience and it did a few things. Number one, it helps me realize this is like a multi-thousand dollar solution, right? It took me years and thousands and thousands of dollars to begin my recovery. And also, when I was in that place, if I would have just had someone that said, hey, I can help, that would have been priceless to me. Mm. So if you can really tap into the place, you know, point A, what is point A that your ideal client is in? What is it costing them? How much pain are they in? What if they don't solve this? And then you got to realize, you know, the bridge from their point A to their point B. And so how dare you not ask them to invest and get to point B? I love that. And I think that there's a, um, that, that like after you have this confidence in yourself, when you see the, that them investing with you is actually saving them money in the long term. Then there's the next piece of being able to pinpoint this person who, who is, they don't have to have it all in the bank right now, but who is ready to invest. So what became your methodology for, for identifying those people? I call it the bleeding neck. <laughs> so you've got to ask a few questions and this can be in questions you just ask when you start to do this outreach or now I have a more automated business so people have to fill out like a form and I ask questions before I even entertain you know them as a potential client and I need to make sure that you understand you have a bleeding neck okay so back in the day the problem that I was gonna help them solve was their eating disorder their disordered eating and so I would ask, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to solving this problem? Or now I ask questions like, what problem are you trying to solve with Hannah's help? Why haven't you solved that already? Mm. How much are you willing to invest to solve that problem? And so really helping people um, sort of self-identify as being committed. Another one of my clients asks a question before she works with someone is, you know, is... Um, starting your coaching business, is that a top priority or is it something that would just be nice to do? Mm -hmm. And unless people say, oh my God, it's my only priority. I have to figure it out. Then they're not ready. And that's mm -hmm. okay. They might stay in your community and keep learning from you and kind of get warmed up to how amazing you are and then be ready in a few months. But you've got to be focusing your energy on the people who know it's a priority and are ready to make changes. Um, mm -hmm. And that can come from asking questions or another way to think about this. Like um, one of my clients helps health coaches build online courses and she only works with people who have gone through the integrative nutrition school because she went through it and she 
she knows they don't teach you how to do that. And so she has this pool of people that she knows are ready, they're certified, but they don't have the right skill set. So if you can identify kind of that piece of either being super prepared and ready and like that's the next logical step for you to take is this program I have, or they've been, okay, another one of my clients is a mindset. Um, he's a therapist. And so he's now translated his business to online and he only works with people who have tried therapy for at least three months because mm -hmm. otherwise they're going to come to him and say, well, I could either pay you six grand or I could have my insurance pay. So now he's realized, okay, they need to have already tried it and know it's not going to work for them because then I'm the clear next step or solution. Mm -hmm. And how did Are you, you <laughs> yes, yes, I'm loving this. Okay. How did you, okay. I, and, and I love this, that there's like a, a process of elimination because obviously because it's such a high energetic exchange, you don't have the bandwidth for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that means that, that you're going to say, or that you're going to hear a lot of no's with people that are coming to work with you. So how did you, or how do you have like the, the inner strength every time you hear a no to to know that your win is still around the corner. I just blast that song. Like I'm so effing grateful for my ex. Thank you. Next. Thank you. You know that song? Mm -hmm. uh, no. <laughs> so here's something I teach and it's SW, 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 SW. Some will say yes. Okay. Some won't. So what? Someone is waiting. And like I talked about earlier, when you can really feel and understand the pain that people are in, it won't matter if someone isn't ready. You need to be like a treasure hunter, ready, ready to just take on the person that is ready for you. And an exercise that I'll even have my clients do is to just go get nine no's. Get a no, because that's just one closer to your yes. And the fact of the matter is I am really grateful for the no's because they weren't ready in some capacity. They weren't willing to get out of their comfort zone to make the investment. They didn't realize how much of a problem it was. They didn't trust me. And if I have to spend half of the program getting you to trust me, then like, thank you next. It really is. It's not a no. It's just next. And so if you can desensitize yourself a little bit, whether that's like going to the grocery store and ask nine people for a hundred dollars get no's get used to hearing no in your life because it's just a signal that the yes is getting closer mm, I love that I love little um, confidence builders like asking somebody out or or reaching out to your idols on Instagram and, and asking them yes. a question. like just expanding what you think your sphere of possibility is totally well, Hannah, thank you so much. I, I appreciate every second that I got to spend with you and ask you questions. And so is there anything else that you would like to say to the person who's, who's listening and who has been having either a little bit of doubt or some struggles actually implementing their desire to make money in their purpose? I do. And I'm going to offer a little tough love because I think that people in that position need to hear this. Um, if you aren't a six-figure coach, you're selfish. And you need to stop making it about you. Mm. It's not about how you look or what mistake you're going to make or what people will think of you or if it's going to work or if you have enough certifications or you, you, you. But when you really commit to knowing that it's your duty, like how dare you not, I'll say that again, how dare you not go out and show the world how amazing you are and how you can help people and let your gifts out. 
And so when you can get over those doubts and just move through the fear, knowing that you're coming from a place of intention, you have a service that's going to impact lives, change the world in some way, you'll get out there. It will work. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to pivot. And that's all beautiful, but it's way better than just sitting and being selfish. Mm, I love that so much. And so where can we follow up with you and find, find out more about how to follow you? Amazing. So, um, we talked a lot about like building the high ticket offer, the confidence, and I also want listeners to be able to start building out their high ticket offers. So I have a free mini course. If people go to dreamlifeisreallife.com slash mini course, you can get a five day training. There's even some one-on-one support from me totally for free so that you can figure out what it is actually that you're offering and then hit the ground running with doing that outreach that we talked about on the show. So mm-hmm. dreamlifeisreallife.com slash mini course. I love it. Thank you so much, Hannah. And hopefully, and everybody go follow that. We'll put that link in the show notes and thanks again. Thanks. Whoops, one more thing before you go. If you enjoyed the episode, which I'm of course assuming that you did, please go ahead, open up your Apple Podcast app, type in Soulful Warrior Podcast and give us that big juicy five-star rating so that more people can hear the message that they are not alone and that their dreams and inner peace are worth fighting for. I would love to continue to develop our friendship by having you learn all about my personal life and joining my email list. Okay, obviously it's not just about my personal life, but I do use my raw personal experiences to share tips, tricks, and lessons to support you to live a more soulful, self-actualized life. Go to soulfulwarrior.com, two L's in the full, to sign up to get those soulful nuggets being sent to your inbox. You can also follow me on Facebook as Sophie Dalton and on Instagram as Soulful Warrior Podcast. All the links are in the show notes to make it super easy for you to click on over and join the party. Thanks again so much for signing yourself up for the Soulful Warrior journey. The more people we have on this earth living more fulfilled, awesome lives, the better our world will be. I'm sending you all my love and thank you again for showing up for yourself.